Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the US, the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Today, we're speaking with Lisa Song Sutton, a lawyer, entrepreneur, and former Miss Nevada turned master of revenue streams with four businesses and three sources of passive income. In this episode, we'll talk about how Lisa went from being a law student slash model in South Beach to a cupcake owner in Las Vegas to a boutique bikini line owner, real estate maven, and shipping business owner, all by her mid-30s. This is a great episode for anyone who wants to build multiple businesses, diversify their income streams, and go, go, go. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? So good. Do you want to tell our listeners where you're calling in from? Yes, I'm calling in from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Beautiful. (laughs) Are you a Las Vegas native or... I am not, but I feel like it. Um, So I was born in South Korea, raised in Arizona, um, but I moved to Las Vegas after I finished law school, after I finished grad school, and Mm -hmm. I've been here since 2010, and I love it. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. So what age were you when you came to the States? I was just a baby. So... um We've we've spoken to um, many people with like dual citizenships um, who moved to the U.S. and they said they describe a kind of dual upbringing of different cultures. Is that something that you felt you had? Well, I think I um, I did have uh, you know kind of a dual cult- cultures growing up simply because my mom is Korean and my dad's American, mm-hmm. um, and so I was able to you know really enjoy both of those aspects. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, it was really special. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so you went to school, to university rather, in Miami, correct? Yeah. So I went to undergrad at the University of Arizona in okay. Tucson, and then I went to law school in University of Miami. Beautiful. So just give us the background on you. Tell us how you everything that you want about how you became the woman you are today and your journey, your personal journey, before we start to get into your businesses. Well, um, you know, certainly, like I said, I, I grew up in a rural Arizona in a small town that's about 70 miles southeast of Tucson. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about 40 miles north of the Mexican border. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a small town called Sierra Vista. And we were right next door to an army intelligence base called Fort Huachuca, which is where my father was. Yeah. I grew up in a military family. And um yeah, I'm really grateful that I grew up that I grew up in a, a small town in a small community because I think um, you know, it just helps you kind of like remember where you came from. Mm. Um, and um, you know, went to college in Tucson, so just kind of up the road. Um, had a great experience there. The University of Arizona is just so much fun. It's just a giant state school. Yeah. Um, Forty thousand undergrad. Um, I was a political science major and had aspirations to go to law school, and so it was just a, a great place to to live. And we had a ton of sun and you know, great weather. Um, and just a really, really great, um, like student life there. Um, and then I moved to Florida and I went to school in Miami and I mean, I was 21 when I moved to South beach. 
I had never been to Miami before I moved there for school. Huh. Mm, nice. So, like, I needed a helmet, right? Like, I know <laughs> it's quite a party zone. Yeah. Happening. Is it? Is it really like part? I haven't spent a ton of time in Miami, but I do like it. But um, is yeah. it like a really party kind of place to go to school? It's one of those places where, like, especially in South Beach, especially when I was there. This is like 2006. I mean. Yeah. The Heat, the Miami Heat, had just won their national championship. That's right, because you guys stole right, LeBron. Right, 2006. <laughs> yeah, so this is I grew just up like, in Ohio, so this is contentious. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was so much happening in yeah. Miami, 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was just like this bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, 21-year-old newbie, right? Yeah. Like, it was so – I had so much fun fun living there um, and going to school. And I was modeling as well. Um, I modeled all during college and law school. And so that was just, so you were like, like, Woods, so basically. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I mean, like minus the blonde hair, right? Um, yeah. But no, I just, I had such a blast. It was so much fun. Um, I met incredible people who like to this day, I'm still, you know, either very good friends with, or we're in business together or, yeah. you know, whatever it is like that time mm. period in my life in my early twenties just really shaped a lot of like my life experiences. Yeah. And, um, you know, all the people that I met, I mean, I was, I was in school, obviously full time. And so I'd finish classes on like Friday, early afternoon. And then I'd be on a plane, um, to fly down to like the Bahamas, for example, to shoot for uh, a photo shoot. And, you you know, NASA's only 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's only 45 minutes away from, um, Miami. So on a plane. So it I was want like to ask so easy. you something because I we're about the same age then. If I'm dating uh, you, right? If, like dating. Yeah, I'm 35. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm I'm a couple years older than you, maybe a year and a half. But um, so basically, the interesting thing that you're saying to me, like growing up in the same generation, there used to be in the early 2000s, like this, like kind of you could be pretty or you could be smart. But you obviously mm-hmm. are both, you know, you're a model <laughs> in law school. So tell me about that experience. Like, did you come up against any challenges there, or any preconceived notions on who you were or or whatever? Or did you not feel that? Um, I think absolutely, you know, to some degree. I mean, it. I was never like self-conscious about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I just owned it, right? Like, I was like, this is who I am. Um, but no, I mean, there wasn't anyone else in the student body that was also modeling yeah. for, Ford, you know, with, with Ford models and also in school full time. Right. Yeah, so right. I didn't, it's not like I had like kindred spirits in that regard, but what yeah. I did have was, so I had like my circle of friends from like the modeling industry, of course. Right. And then I had my circle of friends from law school and they were all just like amazing, talented, smart people. And, and so it was just a great mesh because I got to have my, my, you know, a foot in both worlds mm-hmm. and living in a place like South beach both worlds could collide any night of the week. Right. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I, de- I think it's definitely changed. But there was, I do remember like the early 2000s because I was moving to New York around the same time that you were moving to Miami, right? But I remember mm, this whole thing, mm-hmm. like either you're a cute girl or you're a smart, like you, you're taken seriously at mm-hmm. work, you know, or whatever. And it was well, weird. Well, I think New York maybe is a little different too, right? Like yeah. Miami, like Miami, like everyone's good looking. Everyone has money. Like that, that's what I remember <laughs> about living in hot. Miami, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, like that's what I remember about living in Miami. I think New York is far more. I mean, obviously, I have you know great friends in New York, um, and they're 
professionals, right? And so New York is far more like, you know, what's your name? What do you do? Serious. Right? Like you are so labeled by like (laughs) what you do. You're an attorney or you're in finance or you're, you know, whatever. Whereas Miami's like, what's your name? Where are you from? Like, like it's, it's so different. What color is your aura? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had an aura reading done when I was in Ibiza a couple of years ago. Um, and they said that mine was white. What does that mean? So, huh. I don't know. Like they, they were just like, oh, like you can like blend into everything. And I was like, huh. so I'm like clear. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. That's so funny. So, well, that's some- my only like someone's yeah. to that. <laughs> well, for someone who has seven revenue streams, then that's kind of a good thing. <laughs> yeah. That kind of sounds like that's what you're doing. Like you, you just, you're doing a bit of everything when you were, I mean, this is what I find really interesting about you is that you had this military family and then you were in law school, like was starting a business something that was on your mind at that time? Or did you think that you were going in, into either like a, a government job or into like a legal practice? Or did you always want to be an entrepreneur? No. So um, I, I realized later, like in my business journey, that I saw how well and effective having multiple streams of revenue is mm-hmm. by the way that my parents operated. So my dad worked for the Department of Defense and my mom um, owned a hair salon while -hmm. I was growing up, but they also had um, real estate holdings. And so I saw just like how smart that was, was to like diversify. Right. Um, But when I was in school, I was just like, oh, like I'm in law school and I'm going to go out, you know, go out and get my big girl job and work at a law firm. And so that's exactly what I did. Um, When I moved to Las Vegas, I worked in a firm that still does uh, business litigation and business bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And so um, living in a place like Vegas at that time, this is 2010, this is the recession, right? Yeah, right. And like Vegas was hit so hard by the recession. And so business litigation and business bankruptcy were booming. Like we had so much business, it was out of control. And so I just had to learn like trial by fire. I mean, I kind of got thrown into the deep end um, and had to work and had to grind, but it was just such a great learning experience because- I realized, right, like all, all these like do not do's, yeah, right, when you're starting you a do. business or mm. exactly. And, um, you know, I was meeting all these really smart people who ended up in our office. And so um, I had that experience. And then I don't have this kind of stereotypical entrepreneur story where like, oh, I hated my nine to five job and I really wanted to stick it to the man and start my own company. Yeah. Um, I liked what I did. It was totally fine. I mean, was was I like loving it? like every single day? No, but I certainly, I didn't like dread going to work. Yeah. Um, I liked the people that I worked with and, and it was, it was just fine. Like if, I felt like I checked all the boxes, yeah. right? Like I was like, do, 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 you know, making that good money. Like, you know, I started buying things, <laughs> I bought a lot of shoes that year. Um, <laughs> you know, you just, you just start working and you make good money and, and you feel like you're like doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, what you should do in life. The first, yeah. what you should do, yeah. right. Or whatever. But, you know, by 2012, um, I started my first venture, which was Sin City Cupcakes. Mm-hmm. And that simply started as like a side hustle. It started as like a fun side project with my co-founder with that Danielle, who I met in the modeling industry, by yeah. the way. 
Yeah. She and I met in the modeling industry like and years you, prior, right? And now you're selling cupcakes. Awesome. <laughs> and now we're selling cupcakes, right? Now we're selling alcohol cupcakes together. Okay, but, I'm sorry. How do you stay a model and sell cupcakes? <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can't get high on your own supply, right? That's like rule number one. <laughs> oh, right? God. I'm like so pregnant and I'm like, ooh, cupcake. <laughs> Wait, so, so, so this, is a, this is a fun side project at first. They're called Sin City Cupcakes. Please explain the yes. concept. So the here's this like fun... Yeah, so it's like fun side project. So Danielle and I were catching up on the phone like end of 2011. Like, hey, girl, what have you been up to? This At this point, she was still living in Florida because she and I met in the modeling industry in Florida years prior. So we're chatting on the phone. What have you been up to? And she told me she'd been making these alcohol cupcakes. And I'm like, mm. that's an amazing idea. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Vegas is a place that needs alcohol cupcakes. This is where people come to overspend, overindulge, buy and do things they're not going to buy and do at home. Like, <laughs> yes, like alcohol cupcakes, right? And I'm like, look, I don't even know how to bake, but like, I know that you need to move here and start this company with me. And so like, I made every mistake in the book. Like I just bought my house in Summerlin. And I was like, I moved from the strip to Summerlin and I'm like, move into my house. Like I just bought this giant house, like move into my house and we'll start the company. And, and like she the, is did that the suburbs? and she moved. Like, is that the, the Vegas yes, suburbs? Yes, it's like okay. West Las Vegas, basically like okay. 20 minutes away from the strip, which ironically now I actually moved back to the strip. I rented out my house and I'm, I'm back on the strip, which I just, I'm loving. But huh. um, at that time I was just like, I just bought this big house, like move into my house, you know, oh, and, yeah. and she did. And we started the company out of the house um, while I was still working full time at the firm. And so the first 18 months at Sin City Cupcakes was was in operation. I worked full time at the law firm. Wow. So my nights and weekends, I was baking and running deliveries and helping with catering orders and helping execute events that we were doing. I worked like a dog seven days a week, mm. but I had so much fun. It was just so fun. Oh my gosh. And then how, how did you like get the word out about the cupcakes and what was, what was your like main marketing strategy at that point? Yeah. So we, you know, we went hard on social media at that time. Um, Twitter was really popular and like the food truck scene was just starting to take off yeah, in Vegas. It I was starting that. to become a thing. Yeah. yeah. And so we reached out, this is like two months into operation. We reached out to this really popular burger truck called Fuku Burger, like F-U-K-U, Fuku Burger. Yeah. And they do these like kind of Asian fusion burgers. Mm. Um, and now they've grown like crazy. They have like two restaurants and the whole thing. But at the time they started as this food truck that had this like cult-like following. They had like 20,000 followers on Twitter and like anywhere they would go, just lines and lines of people would show up. And so we just hit them up on Twitter and we were like, hey, like we saw you guys are doing a thing for 4th of July. We would love to come through and make some, um, you know, custom cupcakes for you. Colin, who's the owner, we're like, Colin, we heard you like Maker's Mark, like we'll hook it up. Like we'll make some Maker's Mark cupcakes for you. And he was just like, who are you? You know what I mean? He was like, who are these girls, you know? And, and so we jumped in with them and they were kind enough to let us just literally show up and like crash their event, right? With cupcakes. But that was just kind of a quick way to get our foot in the door with like a very, very local market. Um, And then we teamed up with Yelp and started doing things with like Yelp elites and the Yelp community manager. And that was amazing for our business because you had these Yelp elites who would, um, you know, leave these positive online Yelp reviews and, you know, that helped us like gain traction. 
And then the final like key component in the first couple of months of operation that really helped us, um, we were able to get onto Fox News Business International and film a segment with them. And that was like pure luck that we got that segment. Um, Literally, we were, so this is like a a lesson in staying on top of your inbounds. Um, We had a cold email come into like the generic Sin City Cupcakes email address, which is connect at sincitycupcakes.com. Cold email comes in. And this is, again, like, you know, two, three, four months into operation. It's like very, very new, right? Yeah. Um, Cold email comes in and this guy is like, hey, like I found you online. Um, I'm filming tomorrow morning for like unique like products that deal with alcohol on the strip and the Vegas strip. Um, Are you available to film tomorrow morning? Please let me know. And we're like, what is this? And we scroll down to the bottom and the email signature um, his, it was, he was a reporter with Fox News and it ended at foxnews.com and his email address ended at foxnews.com. Wow. So yeah. Okay. So this email like, address is legit. Yeah. So <laughs> we're like, do you think it's legit? You know, yeah. this is 2012. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So okay, we're like, do you think going. it's legit? Like, I don't know. Do you think it's legit? Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, we'll screw it. And so we just called him. We picked up the phone and called him. And that was like within 10 minutes of receiving that email. And he literally was like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's film. He was like, I sent out an email to like 20 different businesses. And like, you're the first one that called me back. Amazing. So So we were just like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, First, like first on it. Right. So we film at like 630 in the morning. They had to like get this out. So we filmed 630 in the morning. We scrambled, like got everything ready, got the cupcakes ready, did the whole thing. We filmed with him at 630 in the morning. And then like later that week, once they'd edited everything and like released it, it was trending. It was on the front page of foxnews.com wow. in 2012. <laughs> and so, boom, like all of a sudden we started getting orders from like Australia, from Canada, from all these places where people were flying into Vegas and they were like, hey, I'm coming in for my bachelor party. I'm coming in for my birthday party. Like wow. all these people were traveling to Vegas because America was in a recession. So the dollar was so weak. Remember? Yeah. 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 So we had a lot of international travelers who were taking advantage of really low strip prices and low hotel prices. And they had saw our segment. Oh, wow. And so they were coming in like, that, that was a way to like boost their party. Wow. What an amazing exactly. opportunity. So then were you overrun with um, demand? How did you scale? Yeah. So we scaled really quickly after that. Like it was just like, you know, once, once like positive online reviews started flowing in like that, like action begets action. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, um, we got more customers because we had existing customers who had a good experience and we just, you know, kind of kept our foot on the gas pedal in relation to, I mean, reaching out to conventions, reaching out to catering. Right. Um, think about all the corporate conventions that come through Vegas, like when it's not COVID. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's always something, right, happening on the weekend, the week, whatever it is. Um, And so we just jumped in both feet first and literally got involved with any client that would take us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So cool. Okay. So you've built this cupcake business. But you also became Miss Nevada at some point. Yeah. <laughs> While making cupcakes, which again. While a lawyer? How? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like all the things, right? There was so much going on. And so Miss Nevada came about. So my mom is a former Miss Korea. Okay. Wow. And the fall of 2013, she called me and she was like, are you going to compete for Miss Las Vegas? And I was like, 
I don't know, I'm kind of busy. Like we just, we just got this company off the ground and I'm still working and you know, all these things. And she was like, well, you're getting ready to age out. <laughs> I was like, like, like Thanks, I mom. wake up one day. Yeah. Like I wake up one day, I'm aging out of pageantry and modeling. Um, but it's true. So with the Miss division, MISS, um, at that time, this is 2013, um, the age cutoff for Miss America was 24. So I was like, Oh, too old age cutoff for Miss USA was 26 at that time. And so my last like title shot, my last state title shot was the Miss United States organization. And at that time, the age cutoff for Miss was 29 and I was 28. Oh my gosh. Mm. So that's so, that's so young. My mom though. was like, do you know, like, like looking now, like you just think, Oh, that is such a young God, age. Like yeah. what do people right. know in 24? No, this is like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like how arcane. Right. But that's the reality. And yeah. so, um, so yeah, I was just like, Oh geez. So like I had to buckle down. I hired a pageant coach. Um, and it was like really serious because I was like, this is my, my only opportunity. Okay. This is my okay. only opportunity. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I had to buckle down and, and like, you know, really get serious about winning. And I was definitely like the dark horse. My, the girl who was my first runner up the year that I won was the first runner up the previous year. Mm-hmm. So everyone said that like it was her time, like she'd put in her dues. Yeah. Um, and I mean, all the women were amazing. Right. So there was a part of me that was just like, you know what, like if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen because I don't have another chance. Mm. Right. Yeah. So like, I just have to like work hard though. Right. Like I have to work my tail off and make sure that like I, you know, put my best foot forward and I ended up winning and it was such an incredible experience. I ended up doing nearly 500 community appearances, volunteering in schools, reading in hospitals, working with countless nonprofits. And it was such a special time that like to this day, I still have connections from that business connections, best friends. Like I still have incredible people in my life, 100% because of pageantry. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You have got now lots of different businesses and they range in industry. So um, real estate and then you've got obviously the cupcakes still. And then there's Ship Las Vegas, which is a mailing company Mm -hmm. and your bikini business, Liquid and Lace. Can you tell us like, sort of briefly how all of these different businesses came about and how you ended up having seven revenue streams. So each of them came about because I realized with Sin City Cupcakes, I can have my own company as long as I team up with an operations partner and like we put together like good processes, build out great staff. Like Mm -hmm. I've got to team up with someone. Like I can't be a solopreneur. I can't like just be the only one like driving the bus. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did. I replicated that same kind of model, um, and just kept an ear out for opportunity. I mean, I get pitched often. Um, and I obviously don't take every opportunity that comes my way. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to look at, you know, who's the operator, um, who am I going to be, you know, working with, or do I hear a great idea like alcohol cupcakes? And is there, you know, is that person <laughs> going to be the operator or is there a way that I can find an operator that will work for this? Yeah. yeah. And that's what I did. I just kind of replicated that model. Um, Liquid and Lace, it's an e-commerce brand. Um, Christie's International Real Estate, Elite Homes Christie's International Real Estate is a real estate brokerage. We do residential and commercial real estate. Um, and Ship Las Vegas is an independent mailbox rental packing and shipping store that we have two locations now and um, will continue to expand. 
And so I think it's just important to remember that, like, you know, you don't have to do this alone. Um, Team up with an ops partner. Um, Make sure things are papered up, of course. But, um, you know, I think there's just so much value in in working and being collaborative with other people instead of trying to do everything on your own. I think that's impossible. Um, So in relation to the seven revenue streams, so obviously the four companies and then the other three are um, what I consider to be more passive, um, Hmm. the two columns, right? Active and passive. In the passive column um, is uh, physical real estate. So this is like you know, a local portfolio that I have. I have some investment properties and investment condos, um, local portfolio that, you know, kicks off income. Right. Um, and then basically like online real estate. So this is real estate investing through online platforms like Fundrise, for example, is a great one. And what this does is it puts you into a portfolio that's like around the country um, and it's professionally managed and, and it's a commercial portfolio. Wow. Um, and so that's an online platform. So it's not like a, you know, a rental property I can drive by here in Vegas. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's still real estate investing that produces cash flow. Without the, um, like, without tenants that are pesky then. Correct. Well. <laughs> or without you managing it. Managing exactly. the tenants. Without yeah. you managing yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and then the third one in that passive column um, are stocks. So, you know, you can invest in, you know, like a mutual fund vehicle. Um, there's a lot of different vehicles right now that um, are just kind of lower risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just have it so that way you have dividends coming in. Um, and that way that just sets up your your entire portfolio. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. So. Okay, so active income is obviously like the businesses that you run, but passive income... That you run and work in. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then the passive income is the income you get from investments, whether they be property or like stocks through either index funds or like managed funds. Mm -hmm. Great. And obviously that diversification has helped you a lot um, and is something that like everyone who's an aspiring entrepreneur needs to remember as well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really dangerous just to rely on like one stream of income. I totally agree. And I think having a co-founder is quite essential sometimes, even just for morale. Like some days you feel mm-hmm. like really just down and yeah. demotivated about your business and your co-founder <laughs> is there like, no, we got this. And then the other, other days it's the other way around. Um, and with Y Combinator, which is a big startup uh, accelerator, they don't even invest in you if you don't have a co-founder. So they also see mm-hmm. the value in, in having someone that's your, your business partner. But it's quite hard to find a business partner sometimes that, you know, that you can rely on, that is going to have trust. the complementary skills yeah. that you can trust. How did you find not one, but like four business partners that you... <laughs> <laughs> that you and how do you manage relationships Yeah, like there? you're like, get an ops person. How? Where do I find them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, with my partners, I mean, I think I'm more of a unique case, but with my partners, I actually knew all of them prior to going into business with them. Gotcha. Um, I don't think you have to be like a BFFs, like best friends, but you have to like respect each other. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the only way you're going to survive business. Um, 
and like they have to be someone that like you do trust. Um, I think it's a strength to go into business with someone you know. I, I know oftentimes people are like, don't go into business with family or friends and this yeah. and that. I think it is possible, um, but you just have to, you know, be clear about roles and responsibilities and also have good communication um, with each other. I think communication is key, just like any like long-term relationship or really any relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Communication is so, so, so important and um, becomes even more important when you're in business together. Right. Um, and so I, I think it's a strength to team up with someone that you know because you know them. You know what they're like when they're mad. You mm. know what they're like when they've had a bad day. You know what they're <laughs> like when they're stressed out. And all of those circumstances will come up during business. So I think it's helpful to know that already. Um, and then you can gauge like where you'll have to pick up the slack, right? Mm-hmm. If yeah. they're, if you know that they handle stress a certain way or that they shut down or that they don't want to talk about it for two days, like you already know that. Mm. So, so you can adjust, you know, accordingly. Um, but I would say, you know, work your sphere, work your sphere of influence. Um, cause you know, even if it's not someone who you may directly know, maybe by talking to people within your sphere and telling them that you're looking for an operator for X idea, they might know someone. Hmm. Yeah. And then you get introduced and then, yeah, you can, mm-hmm. it can go from there. Yeah. That's, Beautiful. So what's been the biggest learning that you think you've had so far in business? I mean, there's been so many lessons, right? Yeah. Um, so many crazy things have happened over the years. Um, I think the key is just like keep pushing. Like, like when do we sink? It's when we stop moving, mm-hmm. right? even like treading water, <laughs> like, like, like you are going to sink if you literally just freeze and stop moving. So like find a way to keep it moving, even if it's just like, you know, wiggling with one hand, right? Yeah. Like you have to find a way to keep moving, keep pushing the ball forward. Um, you know, send one email or like send out one text or like get one post out, like do like one thing at least to keep things moving in the direction that you want to go. Because I think too often people get stuck and then it's so easy to stay stuck. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's good advice. Like even just like a small thing can even like psychologically just give you that little boost that you need just to keep going with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So what's next for you? Well, you know, just continuing on with, you know, building everything that we have, um, the real estate brokerage, you know, has been amazing. Ship has been amazing. So, you know, with 2020, with COVID, um, Vegas, just like every other place got hit really hard. Mm. Um, and so for the longest time, you know, it was, um, it was just so easy to, to do business here. Right. Like everything was here and everything was coming to us. Um, 2020 definitely taught me to be grateful that I'm diversified um, because for as terrible as 2020 was for a lot of like the service-based industries and hospitality, mm. real estate and shipping actually both had their best years yeah. in 2020. Yeah. And so our brokerage, you know, expanded, our, our gross volume was the highest it's ever been. Mm. Um, and same thing with the shipping stores. And so just continuing on with that momentum, um, you know, expanding the shipping stores to more locations and, um, just getting more processes dialed in on the real estate side. And um, it's just a really fun journey to to be an entrepreneur and to wear all the hats. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, we're excited to see what you do and how everything grows even more. It's been really great speaking with you, Lisa. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast. 
Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Well, I think we've connected on all platforms. So keep in touch, please. And we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thanks, ladies. This podcast was brought to you by invoice to go We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.